The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Final Bell as we take a look at the whole happenings of this week here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And a, been an interesting trading week, to say the least, Sue. We've had a lot of outside market influences from the weather and trade and things that are literally out of the hands of our producers. Well, that's true. The um, um, You know, we look at the, the, you know, the weather and it's just been so volatile. And talking to clients today up in North Dakota, they tell me that it's finally in the 40s up there and they're starting to see some melt. So I suspect over the next week we're going to be seeing that water move south. And so for the next two weeks, we might have some more flooding. And then we'll see what Mother Nature does or what they it has in store or she has in store for us. Uh, as we get into April, how much rain we're going to see. If we see, because it won't take much rain, to, the ground is just so saturated. Um, so it's all going to be up to spring rains and how aggressive they are as to how early people can finally start to get back in the fields. Now, you talk to a lot of folks throughout the day. Are you seeing any hindering to movement of grain at this point that's affecting and will affect the way we see prices moving? I think so. Um, we're certainly hearing it. And especially in Nebraska and western Iowa. But farmers haven't been too willing to make sales anyway on this weather. Um, I think the, the concern of a late planted spring is causing them to hang on a little bit. And then in the meantime, the talks of, of um, you know, the Trump nego- administration's uh, negotiations with China. Uh, President Trump had a talk today with, uh, he was interviewed on Fox News. And he's made the comment that uh, the trade deal will probably happen and that there doesn't seem to be any um, issues right now. So, you know, time will tell. But um, I think that when we look at what's occurring, you just have to say that, you know, the market is becoming immune to it as far as soybeans go. And then we look at corn and we got our first sale announcement today. I think the fact that that We've heard that China was in our market for the past week. And the fact that uh, they went ahead and announced a sale, private exporters, for 300,000 metric tons of corn uh, for old crop corn, that was kind of a, a nice support under corn, and yet it didn't send the market running very far, maybe a couple cents. and um, But it does kind of almost give an indication or that maybe China uh, is doing this as a, a goodwill gesture. Our take is China needs the corn. They need wheat. And um, we feel that, you know, they've already made cancellations overnight with Canada uh, for uh, wheat imports that they had already set up that they were going to do. And for the um, uh, situation of having linseed and um, canola meal and canola, you know, they canceled all of those sales or uh, plans. And, of course, blamed it on the Hawaii um, arrest of Hawaii's CFO. 
in Canada back in December. Well, if they were going to do that, they'd have done it before now. I think they're switching origin, knowing they're going to be buying from the U.S., and so they're just saying, okay, we'll be buying that much more from, from the U.S., so we won't buy it from Canada. Otherwise, why did they take the pork from Canada? They need it. And um, we'll just see what evolves. But I think that when we look at the situation, the negotiations, um, this next week we'll see uh, uh, Robert Litzheiser and Steve Mnuchin over there in China meeting. And then the next week, the first week of April, uh, Vice Chinese Vice Premier uh, Li He will come to the U.S., and so I think they're trying hard to lay the groundwork that that they're going to stand by their word and what have you. But the bottom line will be, uh, will they drop their tariffs on soybeans? The first time they drop the tariff on U.S. soybeans, the market's going to rally nicely. It'll be a big day. But um, the U.S. probably won't drop tariffs until China does it first. You know, Sue, it seems like there's a lot more behind the story of China that we're not hearing at this point, you know, the state of their economy, the state of, of their people, where they're at for food supplies, you know, they're buying pork from China. We know that, or excuse me, from Canada. We know that there's a lot of factors that are all coming together. Well, there is. Um, you know, ironically, it's the year of the pig. And, you know, they couldn't have had a worse. This isn't what they had in store, I think, or a plan. But um, they are very tight supplied, I think, for food. And, you know, things are happening. And the one thing you don't hear anything about is Africans, um, or not African, but avian bird flu. And they've had that too. And they don't even talk about it. It's like it's kept hush because they don't want uh, their consumers to back away from chicken next and poultry. So um, they're going to be, they've already indicated that they're going to see a sharp increase in imports of beef and of course, pork and poultry, and you know they're trying to find enough uh, proteins. And Chinese also like fish. Well, if that's the case, the aqua fishing or aqua farming in China that utilizes wheat and also soybean oil. So for their feeds, so that's kind of something that says they'll probably still need soybeans to process. And in the meantime. When you're talking poultry and increasing poultry production like they are, um, that's a lot more corn and and soy meal they're going to need as well. Which hopefully will equal some some good news to our producers here in the U.S. Oh, I think so. I think this is a a work in progress and something that we're having to be patient with. uh, But I think it'll play its hand out. And, of course, it'll have its hand played out when they have everything in line and bought. China will be buying... You know, Kafko took Kafko International Grain took the lion's share of soybean deliveries uh, for the month of March, and the commercials were all grabbing everything. There was no retendering; they just took it. That tells you there's demand. There's something going on. Well, stick around, folks. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I know. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. You know, we know that we've had flooding here, obviously, in Nebraska. We know, Sue, that it's moving down the Missouri River. So we, we heard concerns last week of the lack to be able to get ethanol moved out of the ADM plant in Columbus. Now we know that Missouri is getting hit where Craig, Missouri, has that huge ethanol facility as well. Because of the flooding and the 
lack of being able to get movement into some of these facilities, not only these two, but others, is that going to take a toll at all on this ethanol market? Well, I think to some degree, yes, uh, because it slows up the exports. And the next thing, too, um, I, I think that when you see the, the reduced exports and the, well, the flooding of the river, Mississippi as well, and that's starting as this moves on south, you know, it's going to create problems even at the Gulf. So, you know, in comparison, it sort of feels like something sort of, you know, compared to like when Hurricane Katrina happened and you had the facilities not being able to load out at the Gulf. Well, it's thought that that much water could be pushing to the south and again stop the loadings of ships for a little bit so it's going to uh, slow up exports no doubt um, and then that pays plays a little bit of a havoc with maybe basis levels and and prices maybe softening a little bit but I the demand gets pent up and when that demand comes back the market will just surge um, I think that we have huge demand for our products and Corn exports have softened a little bit of late, but still the demand is pretty decent for corn. And, you know, we've got Argentina exporting at this time, and we've got, and they've been exporting corn and wheat, and we've got uh, Brazil at the same time looking to start exporting some corn as well. Now, their safrina crop looks to be in pretty decent shape. And so, you know, the weather's been pretty decent for them. So I suspect that as we go down the road here, you know, we're going to have some competition. But when you look at the ethanol and a lot of plants, you know, I think I'm hearing about 13% of the nation's ethanol production is uh, being affected by this situation. With the flooding that's gone on, and obviously we don't know yet here in Nebraska and western Iowa to the number of cattle that have been lost. In the back of your mind, is there some future grain concerns as these cattle won't be going, these calves headed to the feedlots in the fall? Yes, um, and it isn't just the calves that we're going to be missing at come in the fall. It's also going to be the breeding. Uh, this is going to be numbers that are going to be affected. Cows are thin, but, you know, bulls have been stressed. Cows have been stressed. So the the breeding efficiency or what have you is not going to be as good as we come towards fall so i suspect we're going to have open cows and that's going to show up as well not only in nebraska but in south dakota even on up into montana looking at the rest of the livestock trade a cattle market we saw kind of a, a mixed market trade very quiet on the cash cattle this week well i think that um, texas started today and and they started bidding a dollar higher. So, you know, by the time the day's done, they might end up maybe as much as $2 higher. Um, feedlots have been moving cattle and willingly uh, because they're trying to get rid of cattle that aren't going to be doing any good. And they don't want to feed any more corn to them. And in the meantime, they want to get to be ready that when this weather breaks, that they can have their feedlots now starting to firm up and get them in shape again so that they can take the next influx of feeders from, uh, you know, wheat pastures and what have you. Um, one thing I will say is that on the feeder market, you know, it, this market is, I think, very bullish. We broke the feeder market on the weather. 
and people not buying feeders because they had no place to go with them. Now that the feedlots are trying to clean out, that's giving a more positive slant, and that's adding support to the feeder market as well. But when you look at the cattle market, um, that market, I think you'll see cash try to be stronger today. But in the meantime, we know that the market tends to peak, and I think it'll peak by, um, well, it wouldn't surprise me if we have a high put in here on cattle around the 4th of uh, April. That's where we put our lows in last year, and so it's kind of like an anniversary date, but it'll be a, a high this time around. Looking at the hog market, we continue to hear more and more numbers coming out of China and what they're seeing with African swine fever, and the numbers aren't good. No, they're not. In fact, I've been seeing anywhere from 30 to 40% of the sow herd is down. That's a large reproduction uh, concern. And in the meantime, prices, because pork is tightening now, they went through the phase of, you know, liquidating. Now they're going through where supplies are getting tighter. What's the best way for producers to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.